This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. We're going to chat with our guy Christian Cox coming up here momentarily. We'll get his thoughts on what's going on with Utes. Good news for Utah as they're playing Washington State. It's an opportunity to get a win in conference where and it matters most. They're going to get a win and they won't even have to play their best. Okay, so do they, if they play the way they did against San Diego State, do they get the win? When who was playing quarterback? I don't know. I wasn't getting that specific. Well, I think it's a relevant question because the offense didn't move for most of that game. And if the offense doesn't move against Washington State, that they're going to lose. I'm not sure that the quarterback is solely responsible for that. So There was sure a stark difference when yeah. Cam Rising got after in. After a couple shots at it. But, yeah, I mean, the production, you can't argue with that too much. But what I'm saying is, what if they play the way they did earlier in the game? Well, Do they win if they play the way they did against BYU? Probably. Okay. All right, let's get out of the Smart Rain special guest line. Best of State Award winner Smart Rain is having an end-of-season sale on their irrigation smart controller. Save 50% off each smart controller purchased. Offer available to all commercial property zone listeners. Visit smartrain.net to schedule a demo today. Joining us now, of course, former Ute, former Patriot, our friend Christian Cox. What's up, Christian? Hey, Jake. What's going on, Gordon? We're, just, uh, we're hanging in there, buddy. How are you? You doing all right? You know, it's been a it's been a wild week. A lot of uh, fast moving news the last twenty four hours. No kidding. So uh, I'm hanging in there. What do you make of it all? Listen, I if, uh, can, uh, I guess where do we even begin? Um, <laughs> Let's start with the quarterback. Let's start with with Rising coming in, and eventually Charlie Brewer transferring earlier this week. Yeah, listen. The thing I saw with Rising, and uh, there's a there's a thing in football that can't really be measured, right? That is the 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 actual soul that you can make an impact on your team with energy and breathing confidence into a team. And there's not a more important position to command an offense than a quarterback. Um, and obviously, you know, Cam came in and he still threw some really bad throws to start, but. Over a few drives, you could tell the team was starting to get behind him. And and really, football is the weirdest sport. Maybe this is applicable for other sports, maybe not like individual position sports like golf and things like that. But you bring passion and energy to a team, it, it kind of electrifies through the team. And that's that's really what Cam Rising did. Um, as you could see, it, it did jumpstart the team. Uh, you go a full first half with only putting up three points. You're midway through a three-quarter, third quarter, and you're still not getting the results. And I think what didn't help Charlie Brewer is those those poor throws. You saw a duplicative, same-mistake-type throw uh, back-to-back weeks, an interception to a guy who was covered on the on the right side of the field. 
And there was a, a thing I saw with Charlie Brewer that I knew something was in his mind. I, I, I mentioned this last week. It was the fourth and five uh, against BYU. Yeah, you're already losing, but you sailed a throw right over the top of uh, Britton Covey's head. There was a third and five throw. A third and four, the pressure was mounting against San Diego State. And he threw a low, uh, shallow cross to a wide-open Britton Covey where he had to dive to catch it to get a first down. And so, obviously, mentally he was having his challenges. But there was also the part that Charlie Brewer could make all the throws. He could make all the throws if he had time in a pocket. And it, it became so clear that as much as we want Utah to, to be this in-the-pocket throw, make all of the throws, which Charlie Brewer could, and they were very, very high on him, uh, his offensive line didn't help him. And uh, really, the difference of Tyler Huntley and Cam Rising was these guys made a lot of plays on their feet to keep plays alive. And some of those are moving up in the pocket, and sometimes it's widening out the pocket. And that was the difference. That's why you saw a lot of the touchdowns from Cam Rising is he was standing up and moving in the pocket. He wasn't just standing back there and to be attacked and, and to be tackled. As a defender, that's the easiest quarterback you could play against, right? But the difference of a Tom Brady or a, a Drew Brees, who are true pocket guys, go look at the stats. I think Tom Brady has the fastest delivery of ball out of hand in the league, right? It's two seconds. You don't even have time to get to him. So I think it's a perfect storm of, of the offensive line didn't help Brewer. Uh, he obviously was getting men- mental and wasn't making routine throws crisp. He, he, his style, he doesn't play with a lot of emotion. He's one of those people who's just kind of – down for business doesn't show a lot of emotion but sometimes in football uh it is that game tim tebow is the prime example of that didn't have all the throwing skills but could command and lead a team and uh that's what cam rising brought uh you hope he can bring that same attitude uh at home against uh, washington state but on the flip side um this makes you wonder are these fifth year transfer quarterbacks we've had two of them now is this, is this a bad recipe for success? Yeah, they're coming. One came from South Carolina, SEC country. One came from the Big 12. But, like, is this just a Band-Aid to a real problem in progressing a, a real quarterback through the system? Uh, and for, for uh, people who are kind of piling on Charlie Brewer, there's part of me that understands why he left. He could still play another, game, another year of football, right? If he transferred now, apparently he can – have another year somewhere and he just wants to play one more year but that's the risk in these fifth year transfer people is that you're you're not getting it's like a free agent right it's a one-year deal that there is no binding to the culture no binding to the team and like bringing up someone through the culture and, and through the organization so uh i'm i'm excited for cam rising um there are parts that is he perfect no is there throws he needs to make yes but uh, I loved the passion and the way the team actually responded, but let's not let's not make any quibs or, or look past what what's happened. Is you've lost two games in preseason. That's as many or more than Kyle had lost in preseason in his entire years in the Pac-12, and it's pretty tough to to watch a road loss against San Diego State, especially in the fashion that it happened. So uh, Utah's got its uh, it's got its road cut out for itself to come back home and, and see who they really, really are. Because the last three games, 
uh, you haven't been awesome. And uh, it makes you wonder if if you don't have all the information, you can't do it. But if, if Cam Rising was playing against BYU, do you get that result? And now you have to live with that because you committed to Charlie Brewer, but you also didn't give an offensive line that could handle blitzes and, and couldn't pass protect and give a, a guy time to make throws. So catch 22. So getting back into that a little bit, what do you expect, Christian, out of the Utah offense from this point forward? Does it change with Cam Rising under center? Or does uh, do they do they throw the ball less? Do they get back to basics and try and establish the run? What do you expect to see? I, I see you know, I see a, a similar off again, they had to adapt the offense to Charlie Brewer's strengths, right? He could throw but he wasn't getting time and so the fundamental part about this offense is it is a zone read offense, right? You got to have a quarterback that can somewhat threaten the edge. He doesn't have to be a proficient runner. That's proven. Cam's not a burner. Uh, neither was Travis Wilson. But you can threaten the edges. Cam's a way better thrower than 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 Travis Wilson. So I think you get a little bit more leg dynamic, which allows receivers to get open in space, especially on uh, you know broken up pass plays. Um, and I think the offensive, I think the, the running game will benefit from it too. If, if uh, instead of just being a, a, a true power run game, you can actually have a quarterback that can that can stretch the defense and be a decoy as well. So, Cam, listen, Brian Johnson in his heyday in 2005 was elite, right? Prior to his ACL injuries and his shoulder injuries. He evolved in his game, and uh, Brian was a big-time runner. I think Brian led the country in all-purpose yards. I think it was in 2005 or 2006, or was top three in the country at that point. Um, so I think I think Cam kind of brings that offense, uh, that that scheme, a little bit back. And you know, I, where I where I worry about Cam rising, and I, I think I think he's young enough. He's a sophomore. I think he I think he is more than serviceable and if he can complete these deep deep digs and stop short arming balls that are at people's feet was it the nerves of coming in at halftime did he settle down i i hope that you get the version of of cam rising the the third the late third and all of fourth quarter cam rising for four four quarters because if utah doesn't get that it's going to be a long, long, long season. But if you really look at Utah's struggles this year, the defense has been stuck on the field for a long time. The offense hasn't put up a lot of points. And the sample size is very slim of an offensive explosion with an overtime. So you really don't know who you're going to get. And I hope this team becomes the team of 2007 where – I think Utah went on the road, lost. We lost to Air Force first game, I think, in conference. Went down and lost to a guy named Frank the Tank, a running back. Ran all over a really good Utah defense. And from that point on, they reeled off, I think, eight straight wins. Lost to BYU uh, on a a fourth and 17, and then Harvey Younger run-in. But that team regrouped. So you're really going to find out a lot about how good this team is. And you haven't played a conference game. So... You have Oregon at home. USC with Jackson Dart looked pretty different against Washington State uh, with their change. Uh, he's he's might may or may not be healthy. You've got a really good schedule um, to prove how good you really are, and you're going to have to earn it game by game, as cliche as it is. But it's going to start with a big time home win. And Utah, they need to be at home. They need to play a nice home game, and uh, they got a good good opponent at 12:30 on Saturday. 
The offense is taking so many of the headlines. Of course, a quarterback transferred, it's going to do that. But uh, Gordon and I were talking earlier, it's not like the defense has been all that terrific. Are you, you concerned about their performances on defense as well? I'm not, I'm not as concerned. and I, I guess I look at this from a – it is really hard to play defense when your offense doesn't score points and then you're stuck out there. And it's, it's really hard to play ball, right? When you go a full first half and you only put up three points against a Mount West opponent on the road and um, you're, you come out in the second half and you still are the same flat team, I think that was what uh, everyone's biggest surprise was uh, against BYU. At the second half, Utah, you thought they'd turn it on, but they never did. Like, they didn't have a spark plug. And, and candidly, you know, time will tell if that was truly Charlie Brewer's fault or problem, right? He, he couldn't win the offense or couldn't be a spark plug, couldn't deli- deliver game-winning, massive, game-changing plays. Well, Cam Rising did in the second half. Charlie Brewer had a – he had basically uh, – Weaver was a Weaver was a wash. He, he, I think his, his numbers were well under what how well he played. But against BYU, he was okay. And against San Diego State, it kept going. And then that's why they I, – I knew when he I, – I said this to a, a family thread. I said, he's getting pulled after he threw that pick. I said, there's – there's no way they're going to keep him in much longer. And two two drives later, they yanked him. So this offense has to be productive, and it's got to give its defense some time to breathe to make game-changing plays. And this defense can't be that defense if the offense isn't isn't actually keeping time of possession, uh, converting on third downs, and allowing them to rest and rotate their guys. So uh, I th- listen, the, the defense. There is concern, but I want to see a more balanced attack. And uh, give me two more games, and I'll give you a more firm opinion on the defense. Christian, as you observe Kyle Whittingham, is his uh, more controlled demeanor a good thing, or is it an indication that maybe, uh, you know, he just uh, is, uh, isn't quite into it the way he once was? Is it a sign of perspective and maturity, or is it a sign that maybe – uh, he's just sort of drifting away a little bit. No, I I think listen, uh, Kyle's as competitive of a person I've ever I've honestly ever met. I, I like I think it was uh, I can't remember if it was um, it was Sean Smith challenged him to playing tennis, and I can't remember if they actually went and played and like Kyle smoked him, and Sean Smith at that point right he's a, he was an athletic fellow, but you know how tough tennis really is. You got to have skill and things like that, but. Kyle is very, very, very competitive. I think it's more wisdom and that he actually trusts his coaches. Um, I think in the early years of the Pac-12 and probably in the early years of taking over, like think about it. Like people don't really look at what Kyle's done. Like we don't really congratulate him on what he's done over a 30-year career at Utah uh, prior to Urban's showing up. And, you know, I think is a is a, a – a defensive genius since the mid nineties, right. To the present, right. It's 2021. And, and as a head coach, I think uh, he used to run the organization very, very hot. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, in the early days of the, the mountain West post urban Meyer, you're trying to prove yourself. And the early days of the PAC 12, you know, you, you burnt the midnight oil all the time. And, Sometimes that's hard to keep coaches and keep everybody happy and keep your players healthy. And so 
So he, he's really gone through, if anyone who has the wisdom to, to be justified, he took Utah from the WAC to the Mountain West, to the Mountain West to the Pac-12, made it through the Pac-12 to becoming one of the contenders in the Pac-12. And I think the final you know, badge for the sheriff here is just, can he win the big ones in the Pac-12 championships? And uh, taking a program with lack of depth, but with you know some brand recognition and, and success, that's the the final piece is, is a Rose Bowl victory in a Pac-12 championship, and that is that is not easy. We could go back to our friend PK. Of, tell me when Arizona State's ever done that, right? It is it is not it is not a it is not a simple easy accomplishment, and we can even look at across brands like. Gordon and Jake, you remember when how legit Virginia Tech or Florida State used to be, right? Or even Tennessee in the, the mid-'90s. Like, I remember Peyton Manning. Like, post-Peyton Manning when they won a championship with T. Martin, that was the last time they were even in a national championship conversation. So we got to be cautious but also grateful for the type of program and prestige that's been built in front of our eyes for the last 25 years. Because when you remove it, um, be a pretty sad sight to see a, a half-filled Rice Eccles and a team that's winning three games a year for multiple years that people will be begging for, you know, more of a, a Kyle Witt era. So I think he trusts his coaches, and I think if they get the right offensive pieces and they start scoring a bit more, you'll see bigger plays from the defense. So with all this stuff in mind, Christian, the Pac-12 doesn't look like it's going to be a real great league. So – with the new information, how much do you really adjust in-conference expectations for the Utes? I, I'm, you know, I don't know if any of us would be arguing they're a favorite to win the title, but I mean, you, you know, it's not like everybody else has looked great either outside of Oregon. No, it's a Jekyll and Hyde league, right? The North Division in the first week looked horrible, and then Stanford trounced SC, and SC SC was down fourteen to zero on the road. Makes a change, wins by what thirty-five points with a freshman QB who's injured. Uh, Oregon goes to Ohio State, and uh, is Ohio State really that good? Uh, they didn't look awesome against the team that they played this past weekend, and they're the lowest ranked they've ever been. So really, again, this is very cliche and lame, but it is game by game, right? If they can go in and they can turn their whole season around and have a great season, if they just go do well in, in conference and look at the schedule, like you guys can list off the schedule. I'm just speaking off mind, right? But you got Washington state at home. Uh, you're going to play an Arizona state team. You're going to play a USC team. I believe ASU's at home. SC's on the road. Um, you got Stanford this year. I believe it's Stanford. Yep. You got Oregon at home. You got UCLA at home. So you have the, you have some of those tougher games on our turf, which you need. And I think Utah just needs to get back to basics, play some home games, see some success, and just not get over their skis and realize every game they win is is a joy. And uh, last year, I, I said this to you guys early in the year, but last year was one of my, I think one of my favorite years. I don't know why, because my expectations were so low. They came out so poorly, and they roared back. And with this explosion of Ty Jordan and what they meant, what he meant to the team was really fun to watch, to see them evolve. And I think those expectations flowed into this new year. And as lame as it sounds, every year is a different year. You want it to carry over. Uh, but this year has its own challenges. And I'm excited to see 
who responds from this team because it could be one of the best things for them if they allow it to be. Uh, if they dig in and get behind Cam Rising and they start scoring 25 and 30 points a game instead of 7 or 16, you're not going to be very successful in any league if you're only scoring 17 points a game. Christian, is that your is that your go-to reason for optimism? This the way the schedule breaks down. No, I just I just look at outlook, right? Of uh, schedule and and where it fits, road games, who's ranked. Uh, if you can, if UCLA didn't drop an egg against Fresno, and candidly, Fresno's quarterback has the most yards in the league. Uh, but they come out and have some big home wins, and then say they get a big Oregon. Uh, Say they rank top five, Gordon, and uh, at that time, right? And they come up with a a big dominant win that changes the whole season. But it, it's really irrelevant if they can't really start becoming a better team on Saturday. And they're in conference, and the optimism is that it is preseason is preseason. It really is zero to zero to start in conference. But you also got to take into account. The prior three games have been pretty disappointing. The last um, 16 minutes, or I guess the last 20 minutes of play, have been pretty fun, but this is a long season, a lot of quarters ahead, and Utah's really got to turn the tide if they're going to be a legit contender or a real team. Christian, it's always a pleasure. Thank you very much for jumping on with us and uh, delivering a little insight. You're very welcome, Jake. Anytime. Gordon's always good to talk to you. Yeah, thanks, Christian. Thanks, buddy. That's our friend Christian Cox, uh, former Ute, uh, coming on. And I, I think he had some pretty direct-to-the-point statements. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, as usual, Christian's a pretty smart dude, and he, he sees what he sees. And having been out there in those trenches, having performed with the Utes and performed very well, I think he sees what needs to be fixed. And... We'll see what happens on Saturday. Really, you could say this is the most important game the Utes will have played so far, which is weird to think. They played an in-state rival, obviously. Yeah, but this is in conference, those weren't. conference. And conference is what they have left. Indeed. That's what they have to play for. I'm, I'm eager to see how it turns out. I mean, will it be different? Well, they'll win this Saturday. And they've got some of the— They don't. They've got some of their tougher ones at home. Well, if they don't, you're going to you. You're going from they should whack San Diego State to they're going to lose to Washington State. I don't know. No, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> I'm not Doc Rivers either. I that's not what I said. I said if they don't win, then that would that would pretty much blow a hole in the bottom of their boat. Let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he's our friend Andrew Reinhardt. Andrew, let's help our listeners who may be struggling in the bedroom. Yes, if you're struggling in the bedroom, we have relief after 30 years of the pill, uh, 30 years of side effects. We're using a technology that I think it's safe to say is a medical breakthrough at this point, uh, acoustic wave therapy and the form we use, backed by 50 studies. It opens up and regrows blood vessels. It treats the root cause problem of ED and has helped so many men all over the country uh, we've treated men in their 20s and 30s. We've treated men in their 90s with just about every health condition and seen uh, success. Men have reported that it turns back the clock. And I think that the intimacy and the relationship improvements that we see are really the most significant. 
And this was an area, Andrew, you know, you guys have been around for a while now, but uh, that was due kind of a technological advancement. I mean, you forget how old the pill is. This was an area that was, that was really due for an upgrade. Yeah, I think you're right. I can't believe that we went 30 years with, with really nothing. You see, you know, men, they wore glasses for a long time and there was LASIK. And this is kind of, I compare it to that. This is a major breakthrough. You don't have to take the pill anymore. We're treating the root cause of the problem. And if you think about it, erectile dysfunction is a blood flow problem, typically from damaged blood vessels. That's exactly what our technology is clinically proven to repair. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. That's the number to call. Get on the schedule and uh, you know find out if this is a good fit with the doctor, but also a lot more a lot for free and you can come in and just take the free by the way uh we don't mind you'll meet with our doctor he'll do an assessment and an exam uh blood flow ultrasound uh you'll get that gift that produces immediate results in the bedroom guys really love that by the way and if you feel like you have a need the blood work and testosterone uh is free i know guys that spend thousands on that it's free to patients at wasatch medical 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, guys. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Time to bring in Nick Ford, the Youth Center. For you guys who've been around, you're used to being 3-0 and at this point in the season. It's been a long time since you weren't. How different does it feel now as you start conference play, basically to not be 3-0? and We're pissed off for greatness. It's not something, you know, you can sit here and dwell on because it will um, topple everything over. And looking at it the way we're looking at it, we know our mistakes. We know what we have to fix. We know what we have to get done. And we still have an opportunity to turn everything around. You know, there's still nine games of conference play. We're zero on zero right now as we see it. That's why I said the team is very uh, optimistic right now and willing right now because we see what we have in front of us. We understand what just happened, and we understand that we cannot continue to let that happen. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Cougars at 30 update on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Cougars at 30 update. Here's Coach Sitake asked about how BYU has gone 19-3 since losing to USF in 2019. I was just sticking to our identity and our belief in the system, you know, staying the course. I think that that's the idea is, is to keep reemphasizing our strengths, what our identity, our program's all about, and keep focusing on the culture. That's something that we've been really focused on as a program. Be proud of what you do and who you do it for. We just happen to play football and, and be in this high sense of gratitude and appreciation for what we get to do. So I've seen the young men and their approach and the coaches really buy into what we get to do. And it just happens that we get some wins along the way. But right now our focus is, week to week and right now it's South Florida and things that we can improve on but man there's been such a great foundation of some really cool things that have happened in the last few years this update brought to you by University Federal Credit Union join Hanson Scotty at the University Federal Credit Union at the Ranches Branch on Friday from 10 to 2 35 35 Ranches Parkway in Eagle Mountain
zone, make a play. The best college football coverage in Utah is right here on the Zone Sports Network. We don't quit, let's go. BYU welcomes South Florida to Lavelle Edwards Stadium this Saturday for a showdown against the Bulls. Your home for the best coverage of Cougar football is right here on the Zone Sports Network. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. I was so hard to please. Look around. He's around. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Join us, The Big Show, on Friday at The Warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low to blow your mind. Gordon, we did what's going on earlier. We didn't have a chance to get to Hanson Scotty. Should we, should we hear from those guys? Please. They had a chance to catch up with James Empey. It's their weekly conversation with him. Let's hear a little piece. Well, James, I, there were obviously a lot of scary moments in this game, and, and it feels like uh, some of these injuries are mounting. Does it feel like it's a bit of a mash unit? Are you guys going to be able to get healthy and, and fill the team next week? Yeah, I, I feel confident that, that we'll have the guys ready to go next week. I, I know there's, you know, from, from the game, there's big injuries here and there, but, you know, I, I, I'm confident with the guys that we have and the guys that will be able to step up, and, and I, I, I know we'll be able to get a unit ready for, for this Saturday. Arizona State, uh, it was a good team you played, obviously, a team that uh, many thought could win the South Division. And you saw so many great moments. You guys played well. But from your perspective, the Algier strip uh, force fumble uh, really changed that game. It looked like Arizona State was about to take the lead. But from your perspective, what did you see? And take us through that. Man, that was one of the craziest plays I've ever I've ever seen. And just an insane sequence, too, like – you know, we started the drive, drove down the field, and then end up back on our side of the field. And, um, you know, after that, but just, just running down there at, at, and seeing it happen live was, was crazy because, you know, it was something else. Tyler had an incredible hustle play that that just, you know, helped us so much. And, you know, I love that guy, man. He, he, he's gotten a lot of praise for it, but he deserves it. He, you know, he made it happen right there, and, and we needed it. You know, not only does Tyler Algier run down and strip that thing back into play, but Jaron Hall trails it and he he scoops up the fumble. Uh, what when you when you guys are going through the emotions uh, of that, like you turn around and you see that interception, and you see that guy running down the field, kind of take me into the emotions. What what, what were you going through in your own mind? Yeah, you, you don't really have a ton of time to process emotions because you know the the task at hand is to somehow get the guy tackled right and so you know the, we, we start running down there but us linemen are, are that's the guy so we're just you know trying to hustle as much as we can and and then I see Tyler get him and I'm like okay well you know it's not going to be six and then I'm like oh man the ball's on the ground Jaren's got it oh geez man and then I'm wondering <laughs> is it going to be is it going to be like third down and forever or is it going to be first and ten I don't know so I'm just waiting for the rest to tell me, you know, what's what's next. But we have the ball and it's first and ten again, and you know, it was just it was a it was a circus, man. But those two, the the hustle play those two guys did is is uh it was crazy, and it was it was one of the funnest plays I've ever I've, been, I've ever been in. 
Baylor Romney comes in for Jaron Hall after he has to lose the game and uh, throws the touchdown that puts the game on ice at that point. Uh, what were your thoughts on his play, and, and how cool was it to see to see him get an opportunity and be able to uh, finish off the game? Uh, it was awesome, and, and Baylor, Baylor's always ready. He, he stays ready. He's, he's locked in always. He's always locked in at practice, and, you know, the, the coaches are confident in him and in, in Jaron and, and whoever we got in there at the tournament. So they were just like, hey, let's, you know, do this play we've been working on, and and, uh, you know, Baylor executed, uh, dropped a dime, Isaac caught it, and it was awesome. So I, I love Baylor's preparation. I love how he comes to work every day. And, you know, he, he deserves to have a good moment, at, you know, at the end of that game right there. I had a chance to play offensive line for quite a few years, and there were times plays would come in, and I would just think in my head, what what is this coordinator thinking? Like, what are you serious, coach? This is what we're going to do? When that play came in and, you know, you, you decide, okay, it's a play action. We're going to let Baylor Romney come into this thing cold and, and throw it. In your mind, James, do you ever question a play, or do you just think, all right, next play, here we go? Uh, I just go to the next play. The, the coordinators are a lot smarter than I am, so – um, you know, if, if they're calling it, I know that they see something. I know that they got something going on and, and that they trust is ever in there. And, and that specific play, when they called it, everybody was stoked because we all knew it was a touchdown. So it was a, it was, it was an exciting exciting moment, man. And that drive was awesome to, to finish the game. We finally figured some things out and were able to put it on ice. So There you go, James Impey. Always fun to hear. I mean that play was so iconic, right? The the <laughs> the chase down and the fumble and the recovery. Yes, and it's fun to get the different perspectives on that whole thing. But certainly going to go down in BYU lore as an iconic one. I it was it, because also it came in a big win. That win over Arizona. That was a big win. And to follow up the big win over Utah with that win over Arizona State. I mean BYU has all the momentum they need going into the rest of their schedule. Okay, so I have a question for you, Jake. Is that play is a famous play, not an infamous play, right? So would it live in – it wouldn't live in infamy. Would it live in femi? I, I mean, what's the word for that? Out of the two of us, who also is a writer <laughs> for an occupation. So you answer me. I'm not sure. It would live not in infamy, right? I don't know. I'm asking you. Yeah, I don't know. You, you of uh, the 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 written word. That's your. Yeah, I don't. I don't know the answer. Well, get uh, get Falk on the horn. What's he good for? I don't know. He's the editor. I guess I could look it up. I could Google it. Would it be? It lives in infamy. I've always Googled instead of infamy. I don't know, man. All right, check it out. Well, one thing's for sure: no one's going to forget that play for a long, long time. It was. <laughs> I mean, how many times have you watched it? Oh yeah, like a hundred. Oh, yeah, I mean, we all went back and watched it over and over again. It, it's like all the different angles. Yeah, whatever you can get. It was one of those plays. Everything went right for me. Well, not everything. I shouldn't say the interception obviously didn't. But I mean, the way the ball died on the ground after yeah. he jammed it actually it out of turned there. away from the sideline. Yeah. Amazing. And Jaron Hall Amazing. hustling it down. Yeah. And the, one of the things that stands out the most to me is that Tyler Algier was blocked after the pick. And he shed the block and he bolted on down the field. Pretty good speed. It was a fantastic football play. 
Coming up next, we have the Not Sports Report. David Lockett 5 is the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's game week for the Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. BYU welcomes South Florida to Lavelle Edwards Stadium this Saturday. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game. And then catch the Cougar pregame show Saturday at 6. With the postgame show starting immediately following the game on the Zone Sports Network. From Monday morning to the post-game press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. This is your chance to win tickets. Win. It's a win ticket Wednesday. 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 Caller number 12 right now at 855-340-ZONE. Win tickets right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, be caller 12 right now on a win ticket Wednesday, and we're going to hook you up with four tickets for this Saturday's game for the Salt Lake Bees. September 25th starts at 635. Come out and support the Bees versus the Sacramento Rivercats. Get your tickets at uh, vividseats.com. It's better at the ballpark or simply be 12th caller right now, 855-340-ZONE. More next, 97. 5 and 1280 The Zone. Your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Utes at 50 update on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Utes at 50 update here on The Big Show. Here's our guy Cole Fotheringham telling us what the offensive identity should look like. Well, Coach Ludwig is, I mean, this is from the first day he came, and it's been very consistent throughout his time here with us is that he wants to be a tough, relentless, and, and nasty offense that, that runs the ball, and we got to have a run-to-win mentality, and then that'll open up the pass game. So I think we need to just, I mean, offensive line, running backs and tight ends, even wide receivers, everyone needs to, you know, we need to get that mojo back and bring the physicality because that's, that is what, what we are, and, and we, need to, we need to reestablish that. This update brought to you by Zero Res. They're here to get you on track to an A-plus in carpet cleanliness. The patented process cleans carpets without soap, shampoos, or harsh chemicals. This effective process leaves zero dirt-attracting residue behind so your carpets stay cleaner longer. Schedule your carpet cleaning today, 801-288-9376, or book online, ZeroResSaltLake.com, or up north, ZeroResDavisWeber.com. this out. And now, your Not Sports Report on 97.5 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for the non-sports report brought by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Check them out online, lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? Well, we're not going anywhere in particular, but uh, I do have a subject here I want to address, Jake. Uh, do you ever have problems getting your kids to eat healthy food? Mm. Eat period, but yeah. <laughs> like what? What? Uh, what would know. be objectionable? Just we'll say to stuff that she we know she likes, and she go, no, I don't like it. We'll say you ate it last week, and you liked it just fine. <laughs> 
that was and last it, week. And it just deteriorates from there. So. Okay, so let me uh, let me get specific about a certain kind of food, and then uh, let me uh, help you out there a little bit. All right. Uh, first of all, do you like broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, or cabbage? Oh, yes to all. I'm I'm two of four there. Broccoli and cauliflower. The others are straight from the devil. Did you always cabbage like cabbage and Brussels sprouts? Oh my gosh, like? it's oh. like eating stinky stewed socks. Love you both. know. It's interesting that you say that because because it is no <laughs> kind of. I knew it. Kind of. Apparently, those vegetables, though very high in nutrients, when they make contact with some people's mouths, they generate the enzymes and they generate. Uh, a nasty taste and a nasty odor. That's what yep. this, this study says that just came out. And apparently children in particular are sensitive to this particular problem. It's not their fault. Yes, it is. I'm not buying any of that. This is from the University of Sydney. Okay. Plants have these enzymes to an extent. But nothing compared to what you see in, in people's mouths. Uh, it, this is, uh, it, it turns kids off. You're just giving kids an excuse. No, it's like, it. it's like Austin said. It's like eating, for some kids, eating broccoli is like eating stinky socks. Now, so I, when I just saw giving that, kids an excuse. I don't like marinara sauce. Is that because of something <laughs> in my enzymes no, or whatever? Is no, it because I don't like marinara no, sauce? No, there's that, that's part of it. That's part of it in some cases, but in those in the cases of of, of uh, broccoli and cauliflower and Brussels sprouts and cabbage, it's there is more to it than just I don't like I don't like that or that's not for me. It's that it really does not. It's not. Pleasant for them to eat. Well, listen here, Gordon. You keep your witchcraft out of my house. My <laughs> okay. kids are going to eat broccoli and cauliflower and cabbage and Brussels sprouts because it's good for them and because I said so. You are so out of bounds on this, and that's the second. Well, they're going part to bed hungry. Of this. See, I used to gag growing up when they'd make me eat these things, and they'd be like, "Oh, grow up! Don't be so picky." While I'm gagging on a yes. cabbage. Apparently, Jake. Many kids are fussy, fussy eaters, but 90% of them grow out of it. They, they grow out of it. And so they're able... Another word for grow up. They're, they're, <laughs> they're able to start enjoying foods. But according to doctors and psychologists, they say the worst thing that you can do as a parent is force your kid to eat that food because that'll make it worse. They say it's better to take the pressure off the child and expose the child to that food five or six times. And by the time you get to that many, then oftentimes they'll, they'll agree to, to give it a try. <laughs> and not only that, but they say it's good for you as a parent to help your child play with their food. All right, now I'm out. No, no play I've, with that food, out all like, such as, like uh, if you're making pizza, put a happy face on the pizza, or if you want your kid to eat some fruits and vegetables, line it up like a rainbow, and then let them partake of it that way, as though it is a game. No one and has then, time for that. No, this is uh, tell this quack to raise his own kids. Did Martha Stewart write this from prison? 
She's the only one that goes and along this is, with this. This is how you raise like you're, you're a, doing such it. a delicate no, generation. You're doing it the wrong way, this Jake. Is how to, oh, uh, you don't have to eat your broccoli unless it's in rainbow form. That's <laughs> well, not broccoli. Jake, it's a dinosaur Jake, tree. Oh, I, I know Jake, it's good for Jake, your health, but you know what? It's Jake, not your fault. Uh, I read some uh, weirdo in Sydney and the research he did, and it's it's not you. Jake, if you force your kid to eat the food, that's going to put it all in arrears. Yeah, and she'll probably end up robbing liquor stores or something. I, you know what? She's eating the food. We made it. You're eating it. It's well, good for you. you. Deal with if it. If you force cabbage down her gullet, she'll be thirsty. Yeah, not just thirsty, but she'll be looking for a way to dull her pain. Yeah. You imagine some 20-something in therapy, you know. Oh, hey, you're a, you're a two-time felon. Where did it all go wrong? Well, it was that day. It was a dinner back in 07 when uh, I can remember when my mom said, eat that broccoli. And you know what? It all went downhill from there. I wanted I a Lunchable. I don't think so. Jake, I'm telling you. I don't you think got, so. You sit there and say, eat that because I told you to eat it. That you're barking in the wrong direction, my friend. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we will see. We will, and we'll I'll see. be laughing from well, a distance. My mean old father forced broccoli on me when I was a kid. I'm gonna be. I almost called uh, uh, family services, but you know, they can come to my house to be for a safe haven. You, my friend, Where have a lot to learn. You're gonna feed them cupcakes and ice cream. Great, thanks. Let them play with their food. Don't, you know, shove it down their gullet. Because you said so. Wrong approach, my friend. Hey, Madam President, where did it all go right for you? When did when did you get the confidence to know that you were going to re- lead the free world someday? Well, my dad put my vegetables in a rainbow form, and I figured, you know what? This is it. And you start in small amounts. Small amounts, Jake. A tablespoon at a time. Oh, stop it. Stop it. We <laughs> made got, it for dinner. You you're got, eating it. You got so much to learn. Uh, okay. You so yeah, but you, you put your kids' vegetables in rainbow form and didn't make them eat their cabbage and broccoli? Garbage. You did not. And your kids turned out just fine. That broccoli and cabbage taste like garbage to kids. And it's not their own fault. Deal with it. <laughs> so, Deal with it. You are insane. I'm insane. You're yes. you're giving kids an excuse not to eat broccoli. Oh, you gotta taste on no, some I, weirdos. No, no you just, Australians you just, report. Ease into it. No, stop it. Stop it. You you are giving out terrible advice. Got General Patton over here. David Locke is going to join the show coming up next. Not much of a parent, but he was a good tank commander. Stay tuned. Just let it, let them eat whatever they want. No vegetables. Just bacon all the time. Bacon and ice cream. That's not what Just, I'm saying. There you go. No, yeah, it's no. how you go about it. <laughs> okay. You're going to line it up and you know, stick their face right down in it. No, they're going to eat it or they're going to go to bed hungry. It's up to her. It's up to her. You are. You are in need of education. I don't think so. I think we're doing just fine. Okay. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he's our friend Andrew Reinhardt. Uh, here to help you if you've been struggling in the bedroom with their e- with ED, listen up, because, Andrew, this, uh, this treatment is the way to go. This treatment is the way to go. Uh, it is sweeping the country, helping a lot of men with erectile dysfunction. The big attraction is, well, there's a lot of them, but mostly no pill. Uh, spontaneity, natural function in the bedroom. You can maybe remember 
back in the day when you didn't have to stress about taking the pill or if things will function like they should, it just worked. Uh, that's what this technology, the wave therapy at Wasatch Medical Clinic can do. It's backed by 50 studies. The recent study that just came out, uh, it says, quote, clinical and statistically significant increase in blood flow. That is so cool. The science is sound. And if you're out there struggling in the bedroom, you don't have to any longer. The intimacy can be restored. Restored, that's a good word. Turn back that clock. Get back to your younger years. That's right. And stop treating the symptoms with the pill. Get back to the younger years. We've had men in their 50s tell us they got back to where they were in their early 30s. Um, That's a great thing for relationships. And I think this is, by the way, attached to overall happiness. When things go well in the bedroom, they tend to fall into place outside of the bedroom as well. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000. Call, get on that schedule, see the doctor, and you're doing a lot for free right now. So much for free. If you're ready to treat the root cause problem of your ED and regain your love life, call us today. You'll meet with our doctor. He'll do a screening and an assessment, plus the blood flow ultrasound free. You'll get the gift that produces powerful results in the bedroom. I don't think I've ever seen that fail. And if you feel like you have a need, this is pretty cool. The blood work and testosterone to our patients is totally free today as well. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, guys. David Locke jumps on with us next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Blake Anderson, head coach at Utah State. Obviously, all of us are looking at your quarterback right now, wondering how his health is and what the potential is for him to play in the upcoming weeks. Oh, he'll play. He took a tough shot. He really did. And he could have probably played, but just didn't feel like he could be very effective. And Andrew came in and did a phenomenal job, obviously, with his legs and made some big throws to help us win that thing. But I think he'll practice without a problem. He'll be sore, but would expect on game day that he's ready to go completely. He's tough and he's been beat up before. I think uh, just that particular night, the back was just at a point where he just didn't feel like he could be as effective as Andrew was and and he told us, Coach, I I think he's got a better chance of getting us through. I just don't think I can turn on the ball like I need to. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.